What's going on, world? You are tuned into Brunch Culture. As always, I'm your boy Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my girl, Miss Lisa V. What's up? I feel like saying booyaka, 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 boo. Blah, 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 blah. That was so random, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ready for this episode? I am. Y'all see how hype I am? Thug life. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you sound real hype. Thug life. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, True. right. True. All right. <laughs> You're going to start rattling off all the like ratchet stuff, you know. True. My, my wolves. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> that's the extent of After it. Trill, I lost it. <laughs> My hitters. Oh, right there. See, look at you. You got three. You, yo, look at your street card is on. It's on street. With you, I had to bleep it out. Oh, I was mid. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I was you, know, you have to bleep it out. Sometimes you have to radio edit yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Gotcha. I don't pause with you because you was like, I don't. And I was like, you know what? Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> bet. Well, <laughs> all right. So let's get into this week in review. Well, this week we had um, some news that wasn't a laughing matter at all. Another um, African-American male was gunned down. Um, even even Ben Carson said this was an execution and we know he is not on the bandwagon of Black Lives Matter. Um, not saying that he doesn't believe that Black Lives Matter, but uh, there was an article published also by the nation that said even Fox News was silent by this video. And I think that Walter Scott was gunned down by a white police officer. And the white police officer suggested that his life was a threat. That's it threatened. That's what he told. um, That's what they all say. Yeah. And he felt threatened. But the video show otherwise where he's running. Walter Scott is running. And mind you, this is a 50 year old man running from a, a cop in his early 30s. And he shoots him in the back. Eight or nine eight, times? Eight times, yeah. Eight times? Eight times. And yeah. then, to make matters worse, he handcuffs this man and then throws what it looks to be the taser that he says that Walter Scott took from him, throws it right next to the body. Trifling. Yeah. And then it, and then they, they released the dash cam um, showing that they're that Walter Scott did run and, and then his people, his family and his attorney said he owed $18,000 worth of child support. And he ran because he didn't, you know, want to go to jail. Right. I understand that, but that doesn't merit murder. Exactly. Exactly. No, no instance that doesn't even, that, that merits. Maybe if he could, he should have called for backup. If he was being, um, if he wasn't going to cooperate, maybe a taste, but not murder. Yeah. And, and that's the 
that's the thing that's so so actually uh the root actually released a story just recently today this afternoon saying that although he did owe uh back child support he wasn't there wasn't a warrant out for his arrest in that so in essence one of the things that kind of concerned me was when the police tape the police dash cam had been released it showed um Walter Scott running. And so people started asking the questions and I'm thankful that people haven't gotten to the place to say that he, that the murder was warranted. People are definitely on the position of this doesn't make sense. There's something wrong with this situation. It doesn't add up. It shouldn't happen like that. But one of the things is people are like, well, maybe he was trying to hide something. One guy that was on CNN this morning said, had Walter Scott not run he basically in running, he escalated the situation. Had he not done that, then the officer may not have gotten emotional and, and gotten, you know, high strong and made that irrational decision in the moment. And for me, yo, I just it's it's so it's it's so much BS because it's like, come on, man, like this dude has lost his life. His life has been taken from him. And you are going to try to find some fault in that. You're going to try to find some sort of way to say, well, you know, this is why you can't you can't respond. You have to make sure that you are de-escalating. The difference between Walter Scott and the police officer is that the police officer is supposed to be a professional at this, yo. Like he is supposed to be a professional at defending, which defending sometimes meaning means that you have to de-escalate a situation. So if the situation has been escalated, which I don't understand how someone running from you makes you so angry that you feel like you got to shoot them. But if you're supposed to be the professional at this, you should be like taking it down a notch, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, sir. And the, my thing was the fact that he did this, it could be it. it it, the video didn't show that he panicked at all when he shot Walter Scott. Matter of fact, he handcuffed a dead man. First of all, that's problematic. But the fact that he went over and went and got the taser shows that he's done this. To me, in my mind, it seems to suggest that maybe he's done this before. That yeah. he's framed uh, an innocent person before. Right. And that's problematic because there are so many people doing that. And it's just it, it's sad because African-American men and African-American women, that causes fear in our hearts. Like you could be legitimately being set up. Yeah. And that's that's wrong. It's I think, honestly, it makes you it does raise the question after watching the video. I'll be the first to tell you that I shared a couple of tears. It was it was so. I couldn't believe that it happened. I couldn't believe that the I, we actually had video footage. But the one thing that the question that immediately came up on social media was what what if we didn't have this video? So the original attorney for the officer basically said that, you know, he was he delivered a statement. You know, he feared his life. Uh, the the same old rigor, rigmarole. You know, he responded because he he felt like he was in danger. Uh, he he had taken his taser. Walter Scott had taken his taser. You know, the the normal story of that. And so prior to that, that was the position that was taken. So we very very well could have had a situation where there was no uh there was no conviction. There was no um I'm sorry, there was no charging of anything. There was no investigation done. It could have just been 
what we've seen before. And when the tape came out, the attorney leaves, the attorney like dismisses his services and, and walks away from it and says, you know what? Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And now we see we actually have like a, an an insight to what actually happened. And we see firsthand that what was stated by the officer was not the truth. And I think that's what really got to me, because that says, like, you know, in in times past, when we've seen these things and people have we've marched and we've cried and we sang and, you know, we we've tried to we've started this movement and nothing happened because people said, well, you know what? There's there's not enough evidence. There's not enough to 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 charge someone. There's not enough to indict someone. You know, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. Well, this could have very well been that same case. But thank God for this video. And it's a completely different story. But had it not been, we would probably be in the same situation. That's the that's the part that just eats me up. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> definitely I thought some prayers go out to the family and friends of Walter Scott um, during this tough time and just really wanting people to, you know, raise your voice. Don't be quiet. Yeah. It's time to speak up and really be consistent and, you know, use use black Twitter, use Twitter use social media as a medium because we've seen that using your social media platform does help get changed. It helps and get involved. I think that's the one thing that we can say. If there is a rally right to your, your uh, congressional members, right to your local politicians, let them know that these things matter to you. Let them know that they need to be assessing, you know, the rates in which, Black people are pulled over. Black people are arrested. Black people are stopped anywhere in the city. We need to start trying to be proactive as opposed to reactive. So we have to get involved in organizations. We have to do things. We have to address these things and actually look for these things. We know, you know, Ferguson happened. North Carolina's happened. Like all of these things are happening. But we know that these things are happening in our backyards around the corner in next to our mom's house, our grandma's house. So we got to be proactive and get these things done on the front end so we don't have to deal with this on the back end and in other news um another crazy thing that happened this week was uh mindy kaling's brother his name is vj i can't say his last name so i'm not gonna jack up this guy's last name although it probably shouldn't matter because he is yeah i'm not gonna say what he is but vj is the brother of mindy kaling if you guys don't know uh mindy kaling she starts she stars in the mindy project which is a show that airs on i believe it's fox um and it's basically about her being an OBGYN in new york city and it's kind of about like you know her work and her love and things like that apparently it's a really big show a lot of people like it um I've heard of it, but I've never actually watched it. I don't watch much TV, so don't judge me. But anyway, so her brother is planning to write a book. And this book is him saying that he dressed up as he basically changed himself to be a black man. He shaved his head bald. He said he trimmed his eyebrows. He pretty much positioned himself to look and to appear as a black man when he was in college during his junior year. And he started to apply for medical school. His rationale behind this was that he realized that other Indian Americans in his uh, that had the same credentials he had. He had like just below a 3.1 GPA. His MCAT scores weren't that high. So he realized that Indian Americans that had the same uh, or similar academic setups as he did 
were not getting into medical schools. So what did he do? He decided to pose as a black man. So he said his junior year, he made all those changes. He joined like the black student uh, government or black student union and got really active when he applied to schools. He basically said that he was a black man and he's saying that he got into medical school solely based on being black. (laughs) Yeah. So he's basically saying that this is like he's supposed to be writing a book. And the whole idea is that he's proving that black people are privileged and have uh, additional privileges because of um, affirmative action. And he's saying that affirmative action puts black people at an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. He said that he applied to all these great schools and that he got it, he ultimately got accepted because he perpetrated himself to be black. Mm-hmm. The absolute dumbest. But my thing is, too, I think. The, and and this is a point that um, Darren made when he was on a couple of weeks ago. Even if you got in based on, quote unquote, affirmative action, you don't graduate because of affirmative action. Exactly. But see, here's the thing. The thing is, with this, he applied apparently to nine different schools. He received letters that told him to apply to schools based on his website and based on the CNN article that we have that we'll actually put out on our site. He got um, interviews with some of the schools, but he only got admitted to one school. The one school that he got he got admitted to, it it was St. Louis University School of Medicine, Mm -hmm. and it's ranked during the time it's supposed to be ranked between the 57th or 67th school, um, like on the ranking charts. So it's not even like a top tier school that he got ultimately accepted into. So to say that you got that because you're black, what evidence do you have? Did the school send you a letter and say, based on you being black? You've been accepted because medical school is already competitive. Exactly. Uh, and people who, get denied all the time. Black, white, Asian. Ex- but who who who's to say that this guy would be had he not applied to the same very school and went through the same things and said that he was an Indian American? He would not have gotten in. I think this whole idea and, it, and it, a lot of people are kind of buying into it. Uh, it started a lot of discussions. I actually saw I saw this article on Facebook and then I saw it was from CNN. And so, of course, I went to the comments and seeing the comments like it's kind of disheartening because you really do have a lot of people that are saying, oh, you know, we need to assess this. Black people don't understand their privilege. People are talking about white pound white privilege. What about pound black privilege? And it just frustrates me to my exactly like it (laughs) frustrates me to my core because it's just like, yo, let's even like if you want to start talking about the privilege or this perceived privilege that black people have because of affirmative action. Let's go back to why this has to be a thing anyway. Let's talk about the privilege of certain groups of people having free labor for so many for hundreds of years right let's talk about people being able to get to where they are their family being able to get to a certain place because of the makeup of our country as a whole so that's why we have these things in place that create opportunities because there are not people that are there and socially because of like social social constructs and because of like wealth gaps and access to information and access to knowledge and the ability for me to be raised by somebody that is a college graduate 
quite naturally, there is going to be a difference. If you were raised talking about American history in your household all the time and I wasn't, when you put us in a class, an American history class, guess what? You're going to know more than me. Your parents kind of talked about that. That was just like normal conversation that I never had. Right. So it's almost like I hate when people do things like this because it's like you're trying to say that there is no merit for any type of program or system that's in place that tries to tackle the already any the systematic uh, discrepancies that we have now. Like you're basically saying that there's no need from that. And then it just further just makes me frustrated when you have people that are minorities. Everybody. It's like the cool thing now to be a minority, but even amongst minorities, people don't want to be black. Right. And so in this case, and he he says that he talks about like the racism that he experienced about him being like followed around in stores, people thinking that he's stealing him being stopped. So he talks about it and he acknowledges, you know, hey, I was discriminated against, but you still say that there's a privilege to be black. That doesn't even go together. Right. And I just think it just kind of blows me that he would think that this is a thing. He would think that this is OK enough. And to to put out, I just I don't know. I this this whole entire thing was stupid. Mindy Kaley actually came out and said that, you know, him doing this is an, an embarrassment to the family's name, which I think was a great move. Um, I actually. You know, I've heard some things about Mindy Kaley's show. And again, I've never watched it. So I can't comment on those things about, you know, this being going further and this being something that perhaps their family, they've kind of been taught from their family members. And we we know everybody knows that there is a thing even amongst minorities. There's kind of like this step of nobody wanting to be black. And that's something that I feel like we don't talk about a lot. But it just really, really frustrates me because this clearly proves that this clearly well, I, I don't know I people do want to be black personally I want to be Asian um you want to be Asian I I really just made it up anyways <laughs> like, I just wanted to say something random but oops it was it was funny in my head when it came out. It didn't. It was kind of like, like I really when I said it, I expected you to laugh. I was anticipating the laughter. Oh my! And then it didn't oh, come, oh, and then I just felt like I should have retracted that, <laughs> but I couldn't because we was recording. Anyways, um, I just laughed. You heard me, right? It was too. It was delayed. My self esteem oh, was already blown. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> now I gotta recover myself. And that leads us into discouragement because I'm actually <laughs> discouraged by what just happened with Randall, how he did laugh. Um, <laughs> so we know as young professionals that discouragement is a, a ever present thing. I, ever present. I felt like that was uh, something that might be in the Bible. Um, At least the biblical. I I try to be for y'all who don't read y'all Bibles. Um, <laughs> anyways, discouragement is a thing that we all battle with. Um, as being a young professional, we're always, always on social media, this is one of the most prevalent reasons people are discouraged in our generation is because we're always comparing our lives to highlights and even outside of social media, just being in the work 
workforce and being in that corporate setting and everybody's competing and then somebody else got a promotion you didn't get it causes people it causes us to be discouraged and sometimes with discouragement you begin to doubt yourself right you begin to think man i don't have purpose um, but we forget that we're often comparing our our valleys to the highlights of others and people only let you see their highlights. And sometimes people's highlights are are seemingly better than ours, but we don't look at the whole picture. Somebody may be successful at work, but have horrible relationships, but they only highlight their work success. So you're comparing it and really they could be looking at you like, man, I don't have relational success. Right. Um, so it could be discouraging comparing yourself. What do, you, what do you think, Randall? No, I think that's very true. I think another thing that's kind of um, problematic and one of the things that we can, as young professionals, we can get discouraged is you're working on something and you're trying to get somewhere and it seems like you're not going anywhere. You seem very stagnant, right? So mm-hmm. it appears that, you know, everybody, we, we set these goals for ourselves. And I know I'm definitely one of those people that have done it and still to this day do it. By a certain age, I need to have a certain amount of money in the bank. I need to be making a certain amount of money. I need to have certain things under my belt. I need to have accomplished and achieved certain things. And when you kind of realize that, you know, that was your plan and that may not come out that way, you feel like you're not doing enough. I remember there was one point in time um, right at the beginning of grad school for me, I was involved, you know, I was working full time and then doing school full time and just involved in some things on campus and things in the community. And I felt like I wasn't doing enough because I had I'd set forth in my mind that by the time I turned was 26, I needed to have a master's degree. And if I didn't have a master's degree by the time I was 26, then I was a failure. And I didn't have my master's degree by 26, like when I was 26. I didn't get it until 27, which a lot of people, I remember telling people, and people were like, yo, you've been too hard on yourself. It's a year later, yada, yada, yada. But I started getting frustrated and I started like trying to real remember like, yo, what got me to this place? I don't have a master's degree because, you know, I was taking one class a semester because UCF said that they were going to pay for it. And I started getting angry and having all these problems and these issues, thinking that I'm not there, thinking I'm not doing nothing. Well, in all actuality, I was doing a heck of a lot, right? I was mm-hmm. really paying my dues and doing it, but it just felt like I was stagnant. So I became discouraged in that moment. And it's one of those things of just realizing that, you know what, like sometimes you're going to write the story. Sometimes you're going to plan out the story. You're going to have the blueprint and things are going to happen. And it's not not going to work out that way. That doesn't mean that you're never going to get it. It means you're never going to get there, but it just means that in this moment, it's just, it's going to play out the way that it needs to play out. There's something that you need to learn. There's something that you need to, 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 to hold off on and focus on. You might need to develop in more in one area. You may not just be ready for that, right? Um, my move to DC, I wanted to move right after undergrad. Like I started applying before I graduated um, at the beginning of my last year. And lo and behold, it wasn't until four years later that I actually did make the move to D.C. And I remember, you know, feeling oftentimes I I had friends that had moved to the area. And I just remember like, dang, when is it going to be my turn? You know, when am I going to get that opportunity to come up and leave the South and soar and just looking at all that, I didn't think I was discouraged. I didn't think nothing was happening. And now 
as I look back in hindsight, of course, hindsight's 2020. It's like, dang, had I moved then, I wouldn't have got any of this stuff. I wouldn't have been prepared. The things that I've experienced, the things that I you know, had to do, I wouldn't have had it there. So I think one of the things that's easy for us to get discouraged in, I think we can definitely get discouraged by comparing ourselves to people. But sometimes we can just be our own worst critic. Right. We can yeah. discourage ourselves. Like, I think that's that's so true, because I the last my last two and a half years of grad school have been up and down roller coasters man bouts with discouragement depression and it almost sometimes it's not even you comparing like you said it's not you comparing yourself to anybody else it's just you comparing yourself to the goals you set for your life right and you know it's hard when you get discouraged because you're like you're you can only see you can you can't see the forest from the trees you can only see what's in front of you without looking at all that God is doing in your life at that exactly. time. He's doing so much. And I think about it as I, I, I'm a huge basketball fan. LeBron is my dude. And I, I used to play basketball in school, middle school, but forget that. Go ahead on it. It was only one year. Go ahead on it. That was that was the best. That was the best year they they was though. Huh? I was point guard. (laughs) I scored those points, but I don't want to go back. But um, anyways, in basketball and the highlights, ESPN, there's a game that's um, four quarters, um, two to three hours long, but they can fit all the highlights in sixty seconds. Yeah. And the fact is, when you watch a basketball game, there's not that many highlights. But when you watch ESPN, you'll think, man, this whole game was amped. But yeah. when you're watching the whole game, it's just like, you know, oh, here and there. And then there's like, oh, man, that was a that was a good play. Like, there's only a few highlights. And in your life, you can't live on the mountaintop. It's not realistic. Yeah. You got to climb the mountain. Then when you get to the mountain, then you got to go back down. Exactly. And, and then the climb another mountain. And then climb yeah. another mountain. Yeah. And so we forget that because we, we're we constantly thinking about our mountaintop moments and wanting another mountaintop moment without remembering what it took to us for us to get to that initial mountaintop. You don't go from mountaintop to mountaintop. You go from mountain to valley, valley to uh halfway up that mountain then you realize that was the wrong mountain you gotta start climbing the <laughs> yeah i know that really is like there's there's a picture that's on social media and it says like this is what people think success looks like and it's like a straight line up and then it's like this is actually what success looks like there's a bunch of squiggly lines everywhere that's really what it is like i think even when we look at when you compare what you've planned yourself and then when you even if you start to think about what your friends are doing, you have to know that, honestly, let's trust the process. And that's one of the things I tell myself all the time. I'm just going to trust this process. Right. There are going to be some times that I'm going to be doing some great things and be able to really celebrate and, you know, have a lot of things that I'm just <laughs> able to celebrate about and then there's going to be some times where there's not that much going on or it's seemingly not that much going on and i don't have as much as 
Lisa to celebrate, it doesn't mean that I'm not doing anything. It doesn't mean my life isn't going anywhere. It doesn't mean that the things that I'm going to get that God has for me, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to get. It just means that, you know what, in this timing, I have to go through this process. I have to trust this process. And when those things come, they'll be for me in that time. And when they're not, it's a okay. One thing I want to dive into, though, is that uh, this article that we have and the article talks about young well, people in general, Facebook users being depressed in an article, a study found that people that use Facebook more a lot are are finding themselves more depressed and finding they're dealing with more depression uh, than people that use it, that that don't use Facebook as as much. And it's not so much because Facebook in itself is like the breeding ground uh, for depression, but it's more so of that. What happens is when you get on social media, you get on on Facebook or other social media sites, you start to compare your life, your, I'm sorry, your life to other people's lives. You start to look at people's highlights and the, the, the high moments of their life. And you start to say, well, dang, I'm not doing that. And I don't look like that. And this isn't happening. And, you know, well, what about me? And even they even talked about like in terms of your level of attractive attractiveness, like some people will get on there, will get on social media and they will look at other people's that they find extremely attractive. And they'll say like, hey, I'm not as attractive. I don't look like this person. This person has been going to the gym and they all cut up and muscles everywhere. And look at me over here just looking like Dilbert. Like <laughs> Dilbert? <laughs> no, Dilbert. Dilbert was kind of round. Dilbert was a funny looking character, yo. Like look, it was... You look like Oompa Loompa. Now listen. <laughs> your pictures if you a little rounder i looked at my picture i was like man i'm a little rounder than i should i'm gonna get in the gym now you look at yourself and you be honest with yourself if you and if you like round though because some people i'm yeah. i'm not a fan of looking round no you know no offense i'm a, i realize one thing i've, I've realized this as we get older it's not as easy to lose weight as it was when we were like in undergrad, right? There was like Especially super when easy. You always eating Chick Fil A, but wait, you were trying to ride on me, cause <laughs> I'm just saying it can be an obstacle. We create big barriers for ourselves, but I'm... I thought it was no judgment zone, Lisa. I thought I'm not, I thought we. I'm I'm not judging you because I had to leave the leaders' alone. I've been off fried food for three days. Now you oh, you I celebrate my victory. Nah, I ain't gonna be able to do it for three days. But see, that's what happened when people he see when up. people start to overcome, they they want to talk about you. Now she ain't been eating fried food in three days. She forgot where she came from. Because uh, you know you know what happened on the third day. Jesus got up. Boy, I've been trying to tell you about this. He got up. <laughs> you ignorant. <laughs> we just celebrated Easter. A lot. I saw a meme say a lot can happen in three days, and it showed an open tomb. I said, that's how I felt with this third day with no fried food. I felt so you, like he got up. He got up, so you so you can eat fried food tomorrow. No, I can't. I gotta <laughs> stay. I gotta let him still have victory in my life. Well, well that's what I'm gonna tell him. Look here, he was only down for three days and he got up. So in Jesus' name, I'm going to Chick Fil A in the morning. 
I'm sorry for distracting you from this article. It was you was waxing so eloquently, and I just got off on this tangent about you. Chick-fil-A. See, distractors, peer pressure. This is why people be depressed, as we were saying. So the article, um, the study by the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology, um, yeah, they basically were just talking about the tendency for people to get on social media and to compare themselves to other people, and that for that just kind of drags them down. And they even said they did like a second part of the study, and they were talking about people that don't compare themselves in a negative way, but they may look at other people. They typically have like a good outlook on their lives, on their appearances. But when they spend so much time on Facebook kind of comparing themselves, their look to someone else's look, it brings them down a little bit. And so I think that's something that as young professionals, we have to acknowledge Look, I'm not saying get off Facebook or social media. It's impossible. It's next to impossible for you to have a successful business, to have a successful, I'll even tread lightly to say social life because people find out about events on social media and things like that. And that's how you like expand your network. But you have to be mindful of like, you know what, in this moment. I'm not feeling 100 percent. I'm kind of questioning some things. I'm not too proud of what I just did. I'm not too happy about this recent low point in my life. And so what I need to do is stay off of social media. Right. I need to get off social media, uh, looking at other people's highlights and think that there's that's just their life because it's not the truth. And it's not going to get me anywhere that's going to help me out. It's going to further pull me down into this rut, which is unproductive. And you never know what position of what place in a person's life they are. Some people peak early. Some people peak late. You got to think of businesses. There are businesses who are super successful that were started by people that were in their 50s. They peaked late. Then there are some people, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who peaked early. Um, So, you know, it may not just it just it may not be your time to peak and you know don't celebrate the peaks of others and then wait your turn yeah and just know too that like it's your lane it's your story i'm a firm believer in yo when people say like what god has for me it's for me i like i always think about that song and it's like yo that's what it is what I'm do and what I'm going to get and what is for me, the ways that who I am, nobody can ever be me and I can never be nobody else. So that means that I'm going to get to some places that's meant for me to get to. And that may not mean that, you know, you're super famous and you're on every television screen and every mobile device and everybody knows your name. It just may mean that, like, you know what, you have been able to serve a certain purpose and be able to impact you know, a, a few people's lives or what have you, but it's almost like just don't don't look at someone else and say, you know what, I want to be the next Jay Z. It may not you that may not be for you, right? Like you don't know what Jay Z had to sacrifice. You don't know you what don't even things. know if these people that you admire are truly happy. Exactly. That's Sometimes the thing. Who we want to be don't want to be themselves. Exactly. That's so true. So it's like in these moments of being down and discouraged or, you know, questioning questioning yourself, you gotta know and rest on like, hey, this is my process. I'm telling you, respect the process, yo. Respect the process. This process is gonna get you to where you need to be. When you respect the process, you know. I'm in the place that I need to be. I'm working and giving all that I can give. I'm I'm connected. 
I am, you know, doing the best that I can and I'm going to get the results that I need to get and that I'm supposed to get. Like, I'm not going to be God's not going to hold out on me because he likes Lisa a little bit better. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, not. Well, I mean, I can acknowledge he does. He told me yesterday. He um, did. Lisa I'm, I'm sorry, God. I just lied on you. Yeah, nah, you see, I you see how they do. You see how they, you see these Christians, they, they be cutting up. I'm telling you, you have to be mindful. You got to watch them. So you said you see these Christians. You not a Christian. I'm saying these lying Christians. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just repeated what you said. You told you just told God you lied on them. So it I, was a joke. Oh well, it mine was a joke too. <laughs> <laughs> you know how when you say like it's a joke and then people get mad, you just be like, it was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Kiki, kiki, kiki. They don't laugh. You see this? <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing for the both of us. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, yo, you know my favorite thing to do. I do this all the time, right? You know, what? um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, man. I'm not paying you no mind. I'm What's your favorite thing no to do? No, don't worry I want to know. I want to no, know. Uh-uh. I want to be informed. <laughs> no. I'm trying to get to know you better. No. I want to know you. Tell me. Tell me what your favorite is. You missed it. You missed it. I want to learn it. So, as we were saying about being discouraged. (laughs) So, you're not going to tell me. Don't don't be discouraged because if you are discouraged, you'll have shady friends like Lisa that will shade you in your lowest moments. (laughs) (laughs) Shade you in your lowest moments. I'm going to shade you in your high moments, too. So she gonna be fair. She just equal. I want to be an equal opportunity shader. That's so funny. <laughs> uh yeah. Wait, I'm trying to equal E O E O S equal opportunity shader. That should be like the new hashtag. Equal opportunity shader. I kept yeah. I kept. It took me a minute because I kept wanting to say the E E O C. It's okay. I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no, it's not two E's. Why I keep wanting to say E? That's a branch of the government. Never mind. Don't. You know what? It's all right. We're gonna start that website and get to where we need to be. Yeah. I don't know. Can you get can you you can't open the dot gov domain. Nah. Yeah. yeah I can't do that. Well <laughs> random topic. Now it's time for our random topic. So this random topic is, of course, very random, but pretty stupid. Um, This man in itself, India's needle man claims he can stick 555 needles in his face. This man's name is. Please forgive me, sir. I really don't like messing up people's names, but I don't know how to say this man's name. I think it's Boop. It's B H U P A N. What's that? Boopan? Boopan Chandra Das. Boopan Chandra Das. Yeah, that, whatever you said. Yeah, Boopan Chandra Das is 37 years old and he is stuck in a rut. This man has no job. (laughs) That's what the article says. 
Since he started doing stunts when he was 15 years old, um, he was telling Barcroft TV that he doesn't find it painful to stick needles in his face. He initially did, but now he doesn't. He can actually stick 550 needles in his face. His dad has told him that he needs to get a job. His dad has told him that he needs to stop sticking needles in his face and he needs to get married and start his life fresh. I wonder how that sound when his daddy say that. Hey, boy, stop sticking them needles in your face. <laughs> right. How do you tell somebody that? How do you tell somebody to stop sticking needles in your face? Hey, Billy, I just, I think you need to just stop it. You know, the I just want to say that man, he didn't get whoopings when he was a kid. That's all I'm saying. I don't think he got whoopings when he was a kid. He just clearly didn't. So, dude is says that, you know, he's not going to stop uh, sticking needles in his face. He's going to keep doing it until he's recognized by Guinness World Records. And that's how he plans on making money. He plans on starting a career by consistently sticking these needles in his face. And he wants to get enough publicity that the uh, Guinness World Records is going to notice him. And I guess he's going to start making money off, off of it. So the catch is that somebody is already in the Guinness uh, World Record Book of World Records for sticking needles in their face, but they stuck 2,188 needles in their face. Mr. Pond only stuck 550 needles in his face. He got a long way to go, bro. You got a just... long way to go, and you're going to be broke. And when you see this picture that we will send out, it's really disturbing to see I mean, this man, this man has needles are stuck in his eyebrows, in his nose, his tongue, his lips, his chin. How do you even get to the place of starting to do like, how do you discover that this is a hidden talent? You know, like what? And nobody at no point in time said, hey, this little boy might have he might have a problem. We might need to get him some prayer or. You know, he needs to see a doctor, restraining order, maybe take a couple pills. Like, that's, it's, this ain't normal. You know, this, yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to tell him? What's that? When I see him, he got up. And then he's going to keep putting the needles in his face because he's going to be like, okay, he got up. That's my answer to everything after Easter. He got up after everything. He got up. Yeah, that's how I answered. He got up. So when do you stop saying that? Do you stop saying it like when next Easter? But then the day after that, I still say it again. <laughs> <laughs> so you stop saying it on Good Friday, and then no, you not it. Good Friday. No, oh. I say it on Good Saturday. Saturday. Good Saturday. <laughs> it's Good Friday. It's a mediocre Saturday, and then it's a Resurrection Sunday. Oh my God. You got it? Yo, so Sunday I text. I was like texting my friends, and I kind of wasn't trying to be funny. I really didn't think about it. But when people would text me Happy Easter, I would respond Happy Resurrection Day. I thought you sent me that. Yeah, and so <laughs> one of my homegirls, yeah, she responded. She was like, "So you just couldn't say Happy Easter?" And I was like, "Oh no, I said it." And she was like. No, you went real biblical and you started like talking about the resurrection. And she was like, I just kind of feel like meet me where I'm at. Like, <laughs> I missed. <laughs> she, she was like, you know, I'm already feeling bad because I missed church this morning. I just woke up late. Like, I feel real bad. And I text you happy Easter and you respond with happy resurrection day. Like, do we got to go that deep? <laughs> and I was like, you know, my bad, cuz. <laughs> 
Well, I didn't text people. I stopped sending out mass text messages. If I don't talk to you on the regular, then there ain't no need for me to wish you a happy holidays. <laughs> you bitter. <laughs> you bitter. <laughs> you bitter. But I don't to like. I don't do like the whole like let's make a group thing. Did you say I'm but, bitter? Yeah. I'm bitter because I'm sitting out. You just got you got to send them one by one to people you talk to throughout the day or that you will normally talk to. That's what I do. I usually go through like yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I the don't past people, regular, yeah, I didn't send out no happy Easter because to me that's not a holiday. You send out like happy. I don't know. Maybe I'm not saving up. You saved you more. You got more Jesus than you than me. I went to church. That's who I needed this. I need to celebrate who I celebrated at church. None of these other people died for me. I love God. <laughs> you don't love God? What's up with you? Oh, God. You know, this one's taking off. <laughs> it's taking off where? Off iTunes? No, it's the number one gospel song. You Y'all, know. I know some of my listeners don't listen to gospel, so I'm not going to. But Google. Don't I Google that. No, no. No, don't Google that. Space. I feel like it's embarrassing, yo. I'm sorry. I just feel like we've had this discussion about people making like don't Christians. We're not stupid. Like you don't have to make. I love God. Like what? Like I. I, You let Erica live. Now the part where she started singing, I enjoy that part. When, and but after and it's a did, complete. It's supposed to be gospel trap music. It's Listen, a complete. When I want my off, trap music, I want my trap music. It's a complete rip off of Ray Shrimmer's sound. Like, yeah. If I let, if I want to listen to Ray Shrimmer, let me listen to Ray Shrimmer. If I want to listen to Mary Mary, I want to listen to Mary Mary. They shouldn't sound the same. That's all I'm saying. They shouldn't want to sound the same. Like this, I just, you know. Leave the crossover music to Lecrae up. People like that. People who do that for a living, who do it good. Well, if you say people like it, I guess it ain't that bad. No, because people God. like a lot of stuff. You know, God, what's up with you? <laughs> Somebody like Soul Plane, and they shouldn't. No, no, I did enjoy that movie, yo. I ain't gonna See, lie. And, I, and I bought it. I actually got the DVD. I got the DVD of Soul Plane. talking about stuff you shouldn't like. Soul Plane is right up there with I Love God. No, <laughs> Soul Plane was funny, yo. Like, it would, the whole thing went for the acting was terrible, I'll tell you that. Like, the acting was really, really bad. I don't know the, the actress name that played, like, the love interest, but everything she did, I, she looks good, but that was it. That everything she said was just t- terrible but the movie in itself was funny monique wasn't funny monique was funny yo like i can't even it's not i don't even remember i've i've seen it i don't even remember it that tells you how unmemorable it was oh i watched it a lot yeah okay <laughs> and you talk about i love I got god DVD. I got DVD. you can't but talk about that level. yes it That's is same it's the same it is. It's the same. Uh-oh. And I will argue down that it's the same. So, moving on to this week's quote. <laughs> Contentment is the thief of joy. And that's by Ben Franklin. The man with the kite. That's how I remember him. It's not uh, contentment. It was compa- I thought it was comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. See yeah. Me? It's a C. Um, <laughs> comparison <laughs> is the thief of joy by Ben Franklin. Y'all remember he had the kite? In the history books, anyways, if if you didn't pay attention to history yeah, back terrible. in yeah. elementary school, that's that's your fault. Get educated, read a book. 
I like math. I'll do math. Okay. Take a look. It's in the book. Read a rainbow. You need... <clears throat> You gotta get with it. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? I didn't like grammar, but I I yeah. Um <laughs> different. What? <laughs> this tangent, yo. This tangent is real. <laughs> okay, y'all. We thank you for listening. <laughs> To this week's brunch culture as always you can listen to all of our episodes on www.brunchculturebc.com you can brunch subscribe to us on itunes by searching iTunes, brunch iTunes. culture brunch okay. culture brunch culture okay i didn't know a DJ. I'm, your, I'm your hype man come on come on come on me at twitter twitter, no, twitter, no, twitter, twitter on twitter, twitter at on twitter on twitter brunch twitter. culture on brunch culture brunch instagram brunch underscore culture on, IG, on facebook IG. At facebook.com backslash brunch culture. My mind can't do two things at once, so you're really confusing me. It's, it's really, it's hard. It's difficult right now. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm really struggling. As always, at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion. Up for discussion, up for discussion, up for discussion. <laughs>